0: You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It's Friday, December 7th, 2018. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. iTunes and Spotify are two ways you can subscribe to this podcast. We'll deliver it to your device each day. And iTunes is the method you can leave a review, hopefully a good one. We certainly would appreciate that. Well, it's week 14 of the NFL season here in 2018. The Jets are making their annual visit to Orchard Park, New York, to take on the Buffalo Bills. And on today's show, we're going to preview the game. We'll give you one key player on both sides of the ball, one key matchup, and one key to victory for the Jets as they try and snap their now six-game losing streak and you know end this season with some sort of dignity. Things have just gone off the rails here. Um You know, I told you last week uh, that week 13 always leaves kind of a negative note in my mind because back when I was in college, that's when I was studying for exams, so that was a very stressful weekend where I was pretty much at the library the full time. Week 14 is a much happier week because that's usually like about the point where my final exams were over and I was, like, on my way home... Usually, I was, like, on my way home that Sunday. Like, I'd leave really early in the morning, and I'd get home just in time for, like, the 1 o'clock kickoff. So, you know, much happier vibe. So maybe we'll see whether that carries over to the field. You know, my my own personal memories. We'll, we'll see whether that impacts the game. I'm guessing not, but... Uh, this, this this is a, always a, a nice weekend for me. It always brings back nice memories, week, week 14 of the NFL schedule. Anyway, let's jump into... Talking about key players and on offense, my key player is going to be Sam Darnold. The report came out that uh, Darnold is going to be probably going to, probably going to be starting uh, this Sunday. There was some degree of controversy last week because a report came out that Darnold was apparently 100 percent healthy by Sunday, and the coaching staff held him out because he didn't have enough reps in practice, and you know a lot of people got upset. I think it's just at this point. Even the smallest thing with this coaching staff, people are going to get fired up about. I I didn't want to see Darnold out there, without a full week of reps and uh, at practice. I think I think that that I don't think that would have benefited him when you have so much going against you. Just this roster, this uh, there's so much. Darnold faces so much adversity on a given Sunday as a rookie quarterback because of what the Jets have put around him. I, I don't want to add to that adversity by by. A sticking him out there before he's one hundred percent, which you know maybe he was one hundred percent, but B, without a full week of preparation under his belt, a full week of, of practice reps as the starting quarterback. So you know I didn't have a big problem with what the Jets did. I mean it certainly made the game less enjoyable Sunday. Um, you know even when the Jets, even though the Jets were winning that game, I really was not getting a whole lot out of it because you got a thirty-nine year old quarterback who clearly is not the future. Under center, but you know, I think it's the smart, I think it's kind of smart to not put Darnold again, not put Darnold behind the eight ball. You know, if you're going to start him, make sure he's got a full week of practice under his belt. Make sure that he's really ready to go because there's certainly enough around, there are enough problems around Sam Darnold that you don't need to create extra ones. But Darnold is my, my key player for this week. Um, number one, just because this Jets team can really only be saved by the quarterback position at the, at this point. I think that's pretty clear. This jet this is just not a Jets team with very much talent on it. It's 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 a very poor roster. So this is a team where, unfortunately for Sam and unfortunately for the team, the quarterback has to make up some of the difference. And I don't think it's fair to put that on a rookie on a week-to-week basis. I don't think it's fair to ask a rookie to do that over 16 games the way the Jets have asked Sam Darnold to do it. But, you know, on any given Sunday, I could see the rookie going out, playing well, kind of lifting the team on his back, kind of uh, making the team better play over its talent level. I could see it happening on like a one-week basis. We saw it earlier this year. Uh, we saw it in the Colts game where Darnold played very well and Darnold kind of helped carry the Jets to, to a victory in a day where They did not have a lot going on the run game. The defense wasn't playing that well. So, you know, could it happen again in this game? Perhaps. And uh, longer term notes, really the only thing that's going to be interesting about this team is Sam Darnold over the next, you know, over the next four weeks. That's really the only reason worth watching this team. And there was no reason worth watching this team last week because it's a bad team without its quarterback playing. So... Are the last four weeks of a rookie season necessarily indicative of how a quarterback's career is going to go? No, they're not. And I could give you plenty of examples of guys who struggled over the last month of their rookie season and went on to have good careers. I can give you some guys who played very well the last month of their rookie season and did not amount to much in the NFL. But the Jets, there's only one way the Jets are going to enter this off season with any degree of positivity and that's if Sam goes out there and has a strong finish to the season and that will at least salvage a little bit uh you know it's going to be a very disappointing season we're probably seeing a coaching change may see a general manager change as well uh, but I think that there, there's only one way that that you can go with even decent uh, taste in your mouth if you're, if you're the Jets, and that's if Sam goes out there and has a strong finish to this season. So he's, he's my player to watch on offense, my key player on offense. On defense, I'm going to go with Daryl Roberts as my key player uh, since Marcus May left the lineup once again, and this time he's out for the year. It's just just a total lost year for May. Uh, and this is the type of either we're going to totally forget about this season for May, or this is going to be part of a troubling pattern where May is going to be just be one of those guys who... Is good when he plays, but can't stay on the field. We nobody can tell it, Nobody can tell you which of the two it's going to be. Like nobody really knows. Is May going to be one of these injury prone guys, or is this just kind of a lost season for him? Over the last few weeks, Roberts has taken May's spot, and I'm good. I'm going to presume that he's going to keep that that job. He's going to continue to play safety. And uh, you know, I've you've heard. I made my feelings on this quite clear the other on the on the show the other day. That you know, I've certainly seems like a mis to me to have Roberts out there, because he did not play well against the Titans. He was, there were at least two instances where he busted a coverage in the secondary, and the Titans only took advantage of one of them because Marcus Mariota was playing very erratic football. But if you keep doing it the way Roberts kept doing it, you're eventually going to get burned. Roberts was eventually burned, so the Jets just need better play out there. You know, over the last two years, when May's been in there, he's been steady. And that's the type of position where you don't always notice a guy when he's doing his job well, because essentially what he's doing is he's preventing big plays from happening. You don't you don't really see it. The safeties aren't on the aren't on the broadcast view, camera view. So essentially, essentially if a guy's playing well, other teams aren't even going to attack him back there because they know he's taking away the deep middle of the field. That it's going to be a mistake to throw there. So they go they go somewhere else with the football. I think May has been a really steady force back there the last two seasons. I think that Roberts struggled quite a bit in that game on Sunday, and that's the type of position where when you notice a guy, he's usually playing pretty poorly. And Roberts was very noticeable, and it's a big deal because that's a position where you are the last line of defense. That's that's So if you blow your coverage, you're giving up a big play, if not a touchdown, and... Again, the Jets were too prone to giving up big plays last week, even though the Titans did not hit on all of them. If Roberts is back there, he needs to play better. Well, A, the coaching staff better be right about this, because the coaching staff certainly does not look right on this call. That's uh, If if they felt like Roberts could play safety, Roberts did not show it on Sunday, so they better be right on that. But B, Roberts just needs to play better. If he, if he is back there, he needs to show that he can hold up back there. And if we get a quiet game out of Daryl Roberts playing this position... That's not the worst thing in the world. That's probably a pretty good thing. Safety is one of those positions where sometimes, not always because some, there are some big play safeties out there, but in many instances, if you're quiet, that's the sign you're doing a good job. If your name's getting called, many instances, it's a bad sign because that means the last line of defense has blown a coverage. My bookie allows you to pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. There's so much to bet on, college football, in basketball, NBA, NHL, custom props, even esports. Sign up this week and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. Also make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They respond to every mention in DM, not to mention they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be first to know as soon as their new odds and props are posted. Log on to my right now and use promo code LOCKEDON and to get 50% off your deposit bonus. That's promo code LOCKEDON. You play, you win, you get paid. It's week 14 of the NFL season. Jets against Bill Sunday in Buffalo. We're looking at key matchups now on offense and defense. And on offense, my key matchup is going to be Kelvin Beecham against Jerry Hughes. I think the reasonings for this are pretty... Whenever you got have the left tackle against an edge rusher, I think the reason is pretty obvious. Edge rushers can destroy the game. I think this week it takes on extra meaning for the Jets with their rookie quarterback returning to the lineup for the first time in you know over a month. It'll be the first time in over a month Sam Darnold has taken the field for a game. So... When you got that rookie returning to the lineup, you want to do everything. You, you want to do this anyway with a rookie, but you want to make sure you're doing everything in your power to make his life as easy as possible. So that means keeping pass rushers out of his face. So that's where that's really where Beecham's job comes in. For Beecham, it's been kind of an up and down year. This is essentially year two of the Kelvin Beecham stopgap experience for the Jets. I think that over the course of the offseason, this is a position that the Jets are really going to need to figure out long term they need they they're, they're going to need to find somebody to they can pair with Darnold for the next decade or so and have confidence that their rookie quarterback's blind side is not going to be exposed to big hits and uh, that you know the reason left tackles get paid more than everybody else is that when the quarterback drops drops back most quarterbacks are ready he can't see the pass rusher from that side on the right you know on the right side he at least has a viewpoint he at least has advantage of how the pass rush is coming. There's no such scenario on the left side. So that's why the left tackle gets so much money. It's why the left left tackle position is considered so important. Thats the Jets have had Beacham there the last two years. There's been some good, there's been some bad. But the Jets will need Beecham to play one of his better games on Sunday because they just like you don't want you don't want to rewelcome your rookie quarterback to the lineup by having him take a ton of big hits. And that's you know, that's the reason the Jets lost Darnold in the first place was he just took too many big hits. Um, you know, they, they were just getting him they're getting him crushed, that's that offensive line. So there, there needs to be better play on the offensive line. Everybody needs to take responsibility for that. The key matchup though I have is Beachum against Hughes. You know, Hughes has been a pretty good passer. you know, Hughes is, what, is a late bloomer, and there are not many of them in the NFL where if, if you remember early in his career with the Indianapolis Colts, he looked like a total bust. He goes to Buffalo, and he's, he was—he was one of the rare late bloomers there are. A guy who, kind of turned his career around. A guy who looked like a bust, who was able to kind of find his game. He's a pretty good pass rusher, so he's the guy. He's a guy I have my eye on. This is a good Bill. You know, this is not a bad Bills defense. This is a Bills defense that's uh, got some talent on it. But that's the that's the matchup I have on my eye on this Sunday. And on the defensive side of the ball, my key matchup is going to be Leonard Williams against the interior of Buffalo's offensive line. And look, we all know what kind of year this has been for Williams. This has not been a very good year for Leonard Williams. This is, And it goes beyond. You know, Last year, people were down on Williams because he wasn't producing big numbers. But it's not all about numbers for the big 300-pound interior-type linemen. Sometimes you win your matchup and it's just not reflected in the numbers. And I, I would... Agree that Williams probably wasn't making the number of impact plays that you would have liked to have seen him to make a year ago, but I don't think he was playing all that poorly. Whereas this year, when you watch him, there are just too many instances where he's losing one on one. There are just too many instances where he's not doing his job. And again, it may not be. It's reflected in the stats because he's not making many big plays. I mean, he really. You could argue he's only played one really big game for the Jets this year where. He's looked the part of a guy who went in the top 10 of the draft. You can make that case. It's just been a, it's been a bad... It's been a year where he's kind of looked like an average player to me. He's, he really hasn't looked like a difference maker. Last year, he looked like a guy who was a pretty good player. Two years ago, he looked like a guy who was you know on his way to be something special when he went to the Pro Bowl. It's time for him to at least have a decent finish to his season. And this is... We've heard on the crossover show yesterday... It's not like he's going up against a Buffalo Bills offensive line that brings a whole lot to the table. This is not exactly a a great offensive line. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for Williams to kind of take this game over, plenty of opportunity for him to to leave his mark. And, you know, if he has a strong December, you'll at least, it's not going to have the same impact as Sam Darnold having a strong December, but you'll at least feel better about things as we head into the offseason because right now, it's kind of Williams is kind of an enigma, and there's a question: What should the Jets do with him? And it's there's I don't know what there, there's a good answer because I don't know that you're going to get the type of draft pick that would justify trading a guy like Williams. But at the same time, is he the type of guy you want to pay huge money to? Is he the type of guy who should be getting a mega deal? Probably not. So it's a, he's a guy who has probably underperformed his draft. Stock to a certain degree. You know, he's sixth overall. You're looking for a difference maker at that point. And what you got last year, I've said this on numerous occasions if that's a bad year for Leonard Williams, then you got to be very happy with him. If that's a good year for Leonard Williams, that's, you know, a top notch year for Leonard Williams, what he did in 2017, that's more troubling relative to his draft position. So just need him to play better, just need him to start making an impact. And again, there just are not many blue chip players on this defense. There there really are not that outside, you know, maybe Jamal Adams would be the other, but there just aren't that many star level performers. I mean, there are some names on this defense, but I don't think there are many star level performers. I think you'd have to include Williams in that mix. Williams is one of the few guys who I actually think there's a possibility he could raise his game to that level over the last month of the season and positively impact this team. So something that we'll be looking for on Sunday. I mean, if if it's ever going to start doing it, certainly would be against an offensive line like this. We are here previewing Jets' bills this Sunday in Buffalo, and we're going to finish the show, talk about keys to victory on the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, I'm going to say, do some of the things the Jets, the Jets should do some of the things they did last week, just time them better. You know, I've made my views quite clear on uh, the, uh earlier this week, I made have views quite clear on the third down play the Jets ran when they were trying to run out the clock, which was just a horribly timed play. But I actually did like some of the things I saw from this offense last week in terms of at least play calling. I mean, there was not much to like about this offense, but I at least saw some, some attempt at creativity, the likes of which had been unseen by this Jets team. Since earlier in the year, they you know they tried to mix things up a little bit with personnel packages by getting a couple backs on the field. They tried to create opportunities in space for certain players. There was the you know the end around to Andre Roberts where they got a head of steam going. That was a, a successful play, and there were a few attempts to try and run some relatively creative misdirection plays. Did I think that they were particularly well drawn up? No, I did not. I think that there were some issues with the blocking assignments that left much to be desired when it came to these plays. But, you know, at least, I mean, at this point, beggars can't be choosers. I mean, this is the offensive coaching staff the Jets have given themselves. This is the offensive coordinator the Jets have given themselves. I'm not expecting to see the Kansas City offense. I'm not expecting to see the the, uh, Rams offense. All I can hope for is a little bit of creativity. And, again, the Jets don't have much talent on this offensive unit, so... They need to try and just manufacture offense any way they can through design. So, at least there was some attempt last week. I mean, it was, it was were these great attempts? No, but at least we saw something. So, you know, try and mix things up a little bit again this week. Just time it a little better. Don't run long-developing east-west plays when the other team's loaded up, when every defender's within, like, six yards of the line of scrimmage. And, you know, you're trying to run out the clock. You know, try to find a better time for that play if you want to run that play. Because... There's at least some, you know, you at least want to see some creativity. You at least want to see some attempt to try and manufacture something. And on defense, I'll just say something I probably say, I would probably say every week if my team was up against Sam Darnold, because I think it's just the way you want to approach rookie quarterbacks, is force Josh Allen to make quick decisions. You know, and the Jets are going to be a a blitz-heavy team. Their team is very aggressive. So essentially that's what you want to do is you want to force Allen to, Get the ball out quickly. You want to attack him from all different angles. You want to try and get his head spinning. Show him looks he hasn't seen before. You know the defenses Allen faced in college are not as sophisticated as the ones he'll look, see in the NFL. The playbooks are not as a uh, are not as broad. You know, you, you in the NFL you can really kind of leave a rookie quarterback's head spinning if you know what you're doing as a defensive play caller. So, Jets should just try and make him force him to make quick decisions, force him to see looks he hasn't seen before and make decisions that he doesn't have conviction in because he's not sure what's going to happen you know, just try and get his head spinning you know you can do that you can get a rookie quarterback into trouble we've seen it this year on some of Sam's rough games where you know if he's just getting looks he hasn't seen before and that's the reason you know part of the reason you're playing you're playing a rookie part of the reason both these teams are starting their rookie quarterbacks they, these guys know they aren't going anywhere so you might as well get these out of the way at least get your rookie quarterback experience let him see these things let him see these looks in game action so that next year, they'll be seeing it for the second time and they'll have a better handle on how to counter what the defense is doing. But for this year, it's an advantage. Uh, It's always, you know, it's an advantage to go after the rookie quarterback. So Jets should, you know, try and force him to make those quick decisions. Maybe show him, again, show him things he hasn't seen before. That's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe iTunes, Spotify, and leave the show a good review on iTunes if you do enjoy it. Hope you have a great weekend. Hope you enjoy the game. Hopefully it's more enjoyable than what we've seen in the last few weeks. We'll, we'll be back again on Monday to recap. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense.